Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank all the followers and all those who've been listening to the message of eternal life. We thank you because this is a hard message to comprehend or even try to understand. But all you have to do is believe what God is saying and believe what God has promised us. If you can believe in that, it, this message won't be as hard as it seems or hard to swallow like some of the some of the disciples said in John chapter 6 when Christ was teaching on he was the bread of life and if you eat of this bread and if you drink of this blood he said you shall live forever and not die not like your fathers them did in the wilderness and they are dead but he said if you eat of this living bread that my father has given me he said you shall not die and live forever so that was a hard saying and a hard teaching for them to grasp or receive so they walked off so when they walked off in John 666 Christ looked at his disciples and said do you want to go to and so therefore sometimes you got to ask your relatives and your loved ones do you want to go to if this is too much for those who can't handle the words of eternal life he looked at his disciples that he had chosen that that was following him the group that was following him and he said do you want to go to and so so many times a lot of people don't understand that you might have to just tell them do you want to go to so he looked at Peter and said do you want to go to and Peter says father you got the words of eternal life and my brothers and sisters these words may not be as readily available to you as you want them to be since you are so used to used to and accustomed to hearing that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and we are not going to be here forever since you've been hearing that for so long and you've been hearing now the words of eternal life you got the spirit of truth against the spirit of error so you you're going to have to make a choice in what you're going to do. So we just want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. And you can find us in these messages that we have out there on Spotify. You can find it on Podbean. And you can find it on the uh, the uh the Apple Podcast. So if you got the Apple Podcast on your phone or you got Spotify or you got Podbean, you can download these messages and leave us some feedback when you do so. I want to thank all my spiritual cuts leaders out there for doing such an outstanding job in spreading the gospel of the kingdom of God, the glory of God to his people like he promised he would do in these latter days and just keep on doing the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ and let the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ manifest the glory of God inside of you. So we want to continue where we left off and we want to thank God for all our leaders out there and those who've been participating and those who are coming on board and those who are actually praying for the ministry to move forward. So we just want to thank God and we're going to move forward from here and we're going to continue where we left off out of Series 2, Episode 17. Series 2, Episode 17. So we're going to do Series 2, the finalization of episode 18. So as the Father has sent me, I also send you. This is the finalization part two. So let's see if we can get into it. We're going to start where we normally leave off at in the last episode, which is episode 17 out of series two. So let us start in John chapter 20, verse 19, like we normally do. Amen. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples was assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. 
When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands and his side and his feet. And then the disciples was glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, immortality be with you. He says, as the Father has sent me, at glory, I also send you. I get excited. As the Father has sent me in this immortal body, I also send you. And he said, when Christ had said this, he breathed glory on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. As I said before, this Holy Spirit ties into Luke chapter 24, verse 49. This ties into Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 8. He says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And receive the promise of my Father. I will send the promise of my Father upon you, and you shall be endowed with power from on high. He says in Acts 1.8, he says, and you shall receive power of the Holy Spirit, huh? And you shall be endowed with power. So the promise of our Father, mm, and as our Father has sent me, I also send you ties in tomb. What the promise of our Father is through the podcast. So my brothers and sisters, as the Father has sent me, I also send you the finalization part two. So we're going to pick off where we left that in the last episode. We're going to rehash a little bit. So if you hear some things you heard before, just be, uh, just stay tuned because we're going to get to the part where we're trying to get to. So my brothers and sisters, we left off in John 17, 15. Uh, and we were just talking about how the scripture says that the, 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 that the scripture says in John 17, 15, that uh, Christ prayed for the disciples and also for us. That God take them not out of the world, but that God keep them from the evil one, which is death. That is heavy to me because a lot of times people don't even understand what that is saying. Most times people don't even teach on that because that, 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 that don't make any sense to them. He says that, Father, I pray, head glory. This is Christ's last prayer. If I had a subtitle to title this message and saying, as the Father has sent me, I also sent you, I would title this here, the last prayer that Christ prayed for his disciples and for those that God has chosen that he has given eternal life to. He says that, I pray, Father, that you take them from not out of the world, but that you keep them from huh, the evil one, which is death. He prayed this to God. huh? So now you got John 17 in the same chapter, chapter 17, verse 1 through 4. He said, Christ spoke these words to God and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. So whatever this prayer is, it's for the glorification of God through the son who is Christ, who he commanded to teach, who he commanded to speak, where he commanded him to say and teach and t preach and commanded him to teach on eternal life. Now, like what he said, so as the Father has sent me, I send you. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you. As you, Father, has given me as Christ authority over all flesh, huh? That you should, that you should, Father God, give eternal life. To as many as you have given me. And this is eternal life. 
And this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ in whom you sent. See, this is powerful because he's telling us something that we need to pay attention to. So he's saying that, and this is eternal life. And this is life eternal. <clears throat> My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. This is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, the only true God. So the only God can give you eternal life. Man can't give it to you, and he can't take it away. But he can teach you not to have it. If he teach you that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die, he's teaching you not to have it. He have taught you what been taught to him, and he's teaching you a perspective of what he understands or what eternal life is. Before we get out of this demonic presentation, we're going to have some definitions of eternal life and death. But before we get there, let's understand this one thing, that God gave Christ a commandment to teach eternal life from out of John 12, 48 through 50. I commanded you to teach. I commanded you to speak. I commanded you to say, and Christ said, and he told Peter them, whatever I'm commanded to do, and whatever I'm commanded to teach, and whatever I'm commanded to say, that's what I'm going to teach. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to do. Just as my father told me to teach it. And if you don't like it, Joker, he said, I don't care. What, do you want to go too? Come on. He said, Father, that you should give as many eternal life that they may know you, Father God, the only true God and Jesus Christ in whom you have sent. I have glorified you, Father God, on the earth. I have finished the teaching of eternal life in which you commanded me to teach in John 12, 48 and 50, because this is the work and the assignment you have given me to do, Father God. If the word of God is true, and we just read the scriptures in John 17, verse 1 through 4. How can you from this point continue teaching your disciples, the sheep of God? You as a shepherd, we all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. And we all will not be here forever. How can you continue to let your spiritual church leaders or your pastor, or your bishop, or your preachers, and your teachers, apostles? How could you continue in your the church denomination affiliation? Or how can our parents, or we as a parent, continue to tell our children and continue instilling in them huh, the fear of death after we are rightly dividing the word of truth? Scriptures teaches us in 2 Timothy huh, 3.16, hey, glory, all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God. Let's pause here parenthetically. If the word of God and the scriptures of God is an inspiration of God, and in Ezekiel 18, 31 to 32, cast away you all the transgression which you have committed, and get yourself a new heart, and get yourself a new spirit, and get yourself a new mind. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Why should you die, O of whosoever moved Baptist church? Or why should you die, O whosoever moved Presbyterian church? How, why will ye die, O whosoever moved Jehovah Witness? Why will she die? Why will ye die, O Buddha's house of uh, whosoever moved Buddha church? Why will ye die, huh? Come on. 
Whosoever moved Catholic Church, why? Why? For I have no pleasure in, in Ezekiel 18, 32 says, for I have, he said, for me as God, I have no pleasure in the death of the one who died, says God. Therefore, turn from your wicked ways and live forever. If the word of God and, uh, and all the scriptures is an ex inspiration of God, how could the expression? How could the expression, huh, that they believe in so, so heavily that we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised be of God? You have to ask yourself these questions, my brothers and sisters. Does that sound inspiration to you? Hey, brother, let me tell you something. The Lord told me to let you know, huh, tomorrow is not promised. You're going to die. Hey, sister, the Lord told me to tell you. God told me to let you know today your number is up for you to die today. Does that sound encouraging to you? It definitely don't to me. As I said in the last podcast, and when I was saying my brother was in the hospital in, 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 in July, huh? In July, way back in July 2007, the same year in the same month, I came into the knowledge of eternal life. The doctor told him that he, you know, why y'all keep bringing him back? He ain't got that long to be here anyway. Ooh, wee. Every time I think of that, I get hot in the spirit. I get hot, man, and bothered. I want to choke him. And I'm telling you the truth because why would you tell a patient and my sisters and my brothers that they ain't that crying, huh? Stop crying and do something about what that man told you. I wish I was. I got there a little bit late because God knew I would have been probably still doing time if I'd have caught that joker and he'd have said that about my brother S. Lee. Oh, I'd have choked him just for S. Lee's sake, huh? All I asked me had to do was wink at me. If he'd have winked at me, I'd have choked that joker from saying something like that. I went looking for him. My brothers and sisters say, I oh, know, brother D, calm down. Calm down, hell. It ain't time to be calming down. This joker to pronounce death on my brother. Yeah, we trying to speak the words of eternal life in him. He gonna pronounce death and y'all gonna let him get away with it? Come on. That is the same way the church is letting the pastors, preachers, and teachers tell him they all have to die. Because if that's what I believed, then I shouldn't have been looking for him. But I believe me and my brother was taking communion and we were speaking the words of eternal life. I didn't fully understand that you can live forever at the time because I hadn't been brought into what I didn't understand. But when I came into the knowledge of understanding what I was brought into, I got on the road, the road of eternal life. huh? But Christ told me to ask you if you don't believe that the, the, that tomorrow's promise, he wants me to ask you, do you want to go to? Yeah, yeah, he want me to ask you that. Do you want to go to? But Peter said, Father, you got the words of eternal life. That's why we preaching this here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. So, my brother, let me get down because I got, I, I, I got to, I got to get, I got to, I got to get out of that, man. Because I, if I, I hope I don't see that guy, man. I hope I don't see that doctor. He ain't got to worry about practicing no more. <laughs> Come on. Y'all pray for the brother. Y'all pray for the brother. So in Proverbs 18, so the word that you can't live forever and tomorrow's not promised can't be inspiration. If the word of God is inspiration, if them words can't be inspiration and they can't be just inspirational words of God. Come on. Y'all got to at least agree with me on that. 
In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Huh? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And when you teach a person that they all have to die, I heard a famous pastor or a renowned pastor that just the other day said on the podcast, he was saying that you're not going to have your loved ones here forever. So you better enjoy them while you can. If I was unlearned in Christ, you would be telling me that, man, we all have to die. And tomorrow's not promised. And my brothers and sisters, don't get me wrong. I know there's a lot of death and fatalities and all kind of uh, natural disasters and rumors of wars and wars that is taking place. I know there's a lot of death that we experience on a daily basis. But God has told me, God has promised me, it don't have to be me. And it don't have to be you. But if you let somebody speak in your hearing, we all have to die, and you go back and repeat it, and you congrat, and you and and and, and, you, and you gather yourself equally yoked with those who believe the same thing. Y'all believing in equally yoked with death. So the word, the proverb says that, huh? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. When you say tomorrow's not promised, you are speaking the words of death. And on the other hand, in 1 John 2.25, God said, I have promised them. I promised them eternal life. Christ says in, in, in his teaching in John 6, he said, if you eat of this bread and you drink or eat of this bread, huh, and you drink of my blood, you shall live forever and not die. Not like your fathers them did in the wilderness. And the, he said, you shall live forever. Man, let me get out of there. So he says all these things to us. He prayed his last prayer. And he says, Father, as many as you have given me eternal life. Hmm? As many as you have given me them, who you have given me them to give eternal life. That they may know you, Father, the only true God. I pray that you take them from not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. So if all scriptures is given by an inspiration of God and it's, proper, it's profitable for doctrine. Not the doctrine of men, but the doctrine of God for rep reproof, for the correction, for instructions, for the correction of instructions in eternal life and righteousness. So the, 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 the inspiration of God is for eternal life. The words of the inspiration of God is for eternal life. That the man or the woman of God may complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. How does that sound like you out there working good when you going around telling people they all have to die? Tomorrow ain't promised. Man, it's too many people dying and, and they're not seeing today. And yeah, you are sitting there telling them and like it's encouraging. That's what gets me. Like it's an encouraging conversation to have. But just talk and have a conversation about eternal life, they don't want to have that because that don't make sense. Oh, we going to have that when we die. We can't live forever in the body. We can't live forever in the, the spirit live forever. Let me tell you something, Joker. The spirit here it is forever because it's God. Because God controls all spirits, whether you like it or not. God is spirit. And they that come to God must worship God in spirit and truth. You can't come to God and tell about we all got to die and talk about you love God. God don't want to hear that mess. Y'all got to get me from out of that. My brothers and sisters, let's continue before I get out of, man, come on. That the man or the woman of God be complete, thoroughly equipped for the every, every good work. <laughs> Excuse me. So let us switch up for a minute and stay right here in 2 Timothy 3, 14. So my brothers and sisters, so let's go to here. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, we just did 16 and 17, that the word of God is an inspiration, reproof, and for correction, for inspiration, for, 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 for righteousness, eternal life, for all these good things. So now let's go to 2 Timothy 3, the few verses above from where we just read. Let's go to First Timothy, uh, excuse me, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And look what it reads. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them from. So the thing of it is, whatever you have learned from, the things you have learned it from, whoever learned or taught it to you, those are the things that you're continuing in. So that's why so many of us, so many people, so many churches and so many denominations and so many unlearned people about Christ have speaking these words that we all have to die. And it sounds, it sounds ridiculous and it sounds like I'm teasing and it sounds like I'm, no, I'm trying to get your eyes open to the understanding of the enlightenment of the glory of God so that you stop speaking the words of death and speak out of your tongue the power of God through the power of his resurrection, through the power of his son who is Christ. So stop speaking these things. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them from. And that from childhood, you have been, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So even the Scripture is supposed to make you wise for eternal salvation that is in Christ Jesus. Because Christ brought the eternal salvation, and in Jesus, he brought the knowledge of salvation in Luke 1, 7, 177. But in Christ, Christ brought the knowledge of eternal salvation. This is powerful because Proverbs 2, uh, 22, verse 6, my brother, let me pick it up. Train up a child in the way he or she should go. Huh? And when he or she is older, he or she will not depart from it. Now, if this scripture or verse in the scripture is true, it has to give us a great understanding about the erroneous teaching about we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all are not going to be here forever and we only have our loved ones for a little while. Such a powerful statement. It makes it such a powerful statement when it says and it teaches us and we are taught by the people, huh? the people of God, why it is so believable. This is taught so simplistic where it is believable. We only have our, a little while to live. This is such a, you're training up a child. We've been taught this since we've been little kids, my brothers and sisters, since we've been a child, a baby. Huh? So I want you to understand, we only have our huh, loved ones for a little while, such a powerful statement, and tomorrow is not to promise, it's such a powerful statement, and we all have to die, it's such a powerful statement, huh? Because when you say it, it has been taught to the people of God and why it is so believable when it is said because it's been taught by bishops and pastors and preachers and prophets and evangelists, my mama them, my daddy them, momo them, papa them, and all the nims, you can nim them. So I'm letting you know, my brothers, pastors, preachers, and teachers, we got to get out of that when you have 
repeatedly been taught over and over again, even from our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters, our relatives, our loved ones. And plus on top of that, when death and the dying of people is heard and seen on a daily, daily basis with our own eyes, it is very, very easy to believe and we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all won't be here forever and we only have our loved ones for a little while. It is much, much easier to believe that than it is to believe that God has given us eternal life and we can live forever and not die. Although God promised us eternal life, although God gave us his own testimony, even God had to say, let me tell y'all something, jokers, all y'all pastors and preachers and bishops out there. Let me tell you something, whosoever moved Baptist church. Let me tell you something, whosoever moved Catholic church. Let me tell you something, whosoever moved Jehovah Witness church. Let me tell you something out there, whosoever moved Catholic church and whosoever moved Church of Christ. Let me tell y'all something out there. I want you to know that because I'm God. This is my testimony in 1 John chapter 5, verse 10, 11, and 12. This is my testimony that I have given of my son, and I have given you eternal life, and they that have my son have eternal life, and they that reject my son and reject me have not eternal life. That's my testimony. Now go back and tell your pastor and your bishop and your preacher that. I'm God. That's what God told me to tell you. It is much easier for Christians and believers, bishops and apostles and pastors, preachers and teachers, to believe we all have to die tomorrow and to, uh, tomorrow, to all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we are all going to be here. We all are not going to be here forever. Because as Proverbs 22, 6 says, if you train up a child and have them thinking and believing, we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all are not going to be here forever. You already as a spiritual church leader, a mother or a father, as a bishop, pastor, or preacher or teacher, you have already trained that child to grow up and not depart from the teaching you've been teaching them since they've been a child. Because that teaching and that belief that the individual or that child you have taught all their lifetime have been embedded in their mind and their thoughts and their hearts since they've been a child. Why? Because the spiritual church leaders and bishop and and I was one of them too. Let me stay, let me let me pause that parenthetic. I was one of them too. So I'm not pointing the fingers at you. I was a part of that too. So don't get mad at me from telling the truth about myself because I'm telling the truth about you too. So if you fall in that category, stand up like I did and walk in the authority that God called you to be in. So God called us to eternal life. He called his son Christ to teach eternal life. My grand Grandmother taught, 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 my grandmother taught us to die. My grandfather taught us to die. Papa taught my momo. My momo taught my papa. And my papa taught my mom. And my mom taught my pa. And my pa taught me. And my mom taught me. So all these moms and pa's been teaching us. And now the pastors and preachers are teaching what the moms and pa's are teaching about death. And the devil is alive. Hey, glory. Y'all going to get me out of that. Huh? We have eternal life. We don't have to die. Talking about death, eternal life is after you die. The devil is alive from the pits of hell. 
because that is not what the scriptures explain, and that is not the way the scripture teaches us what eternal life is. Because in John 11, and that's where I'm trying to get to, finally got there. John 11, verse 21 through 26 says, Christ was teaching Martha and Mary what eternal life means. John 11, 21, Christ taught Martha and Mary this, this about eternal life. John eleven twenty one 21 says, Now Martha said to Christ, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. And when Martha said this to Christ, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. So if Christ was in the body of Jesus, if he was on the scene, excuse me, she believed that whatever Christ had asked God, she believed that God would have saved her brother Lazarus. That's powerful. Because now that we are in Christ and we have the spirit of Christ, God is giving us. Yeah, I got to get out of it. God is giving us. See, he would not, he said, she said, he would not have, he would not have died. I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Christ said to Martha, I'm in John 11, 23. Your brother will rise again. In John eleven twenty four, Martha said to Christ, I know that he will rise again huh, in the resurrection at the last day. Christ said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believed in me, though he, or though he was talking about her brother Lazarus, that he was who he was talking about, her brother Lazarus, though he, be, though he believed, in, though he or she believed in me, and the he he was talking about was Lazarus. Though Lazarus may die, he shall live again. So Christ is fitting to separate death Huh? What you receive after you die versus you never die in what you receive. So now he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He or she who believes in me, though he, talking about Lazarus, though Lazarus may die, he shall live again. Although Lazarus is dead, Christ teaches Martha that her brother will live again, but he will not receive the promise of our father, which is eternal life. But in the next verse, eternal life shows up as what God promised Christ to teach. He says in John eleven twenty six, 26, Christ explains the difference in having eternal life and receiving the resurrected life after you die. So they both can't mean the same thing. <clears throat> the, resur the resurrected life means a person died and was raised from the dead like he did with Lazarus. But in John eleven twenty six, he explained what eternal life means in this body we are living in right now. John eleven twenty six says, and whoever, Christ was saying, and whoever, Martha, whoever, Mary, whoever listening right now to this message, whoever is living in this body you are in while you, I'm speaking these words, whoever is in the body of the flesh right now and believe in me, who is Christ as the Son of God, shall never die. Huh? So he says, do you believe Martha? Do you believe Mary? Do you believe Lazarus? Do you believe whosoever moved church? Do you believe Bishop? Do you believe pastor? Do you believe a uh, prophet? Do you believe a pastor, a pastor and preacher? Do you believe? Huh? Do you believe? 
this. Huh? Whoever is living in this body of flesh and speaking with me, if you are in my presence right now, Christ was saying, and believe in me as the Son of God shall never die. Do you believe thou this? See, the church don't want to raise those type of questions for the members to actually understand who God is. This is the only way you're going to get who God is when those type of questions arises or those type of questions are being asked. And ain't nothing wrong with asking about something you don't understand, huh? Because my brother used to say that which is understood don't need to be explained. But if it ain't understood, my brother would say, brother, can you explain that? I say, I surely can. I say, here it is. Do you believe, Esley, that if you remain in this body and you believe in God and the Son of God, how? He said you should never die. Do you believe thou this? Come on. Now, what does that mean to you? All our life, we've been trained up as a child, thinking eternal life means something we get after we die. That is the resurrected life. But God promised us he has given us eternal life. And then he said, let no one deceive you out of your reward. This is in 1 John 22, 25 and 26. Huh? Let no one deceive you. Read the scriptures, my brothers and sisters, and you would think you have eternal life. The scriptures tells you. Why would he say that after in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25 and 26? Look what he said there. And this is the promise that God promised us, that I, I have given you eternal life. And I have written these things to you because I don't want no one to deceive you from out of your reward. So why would he say somebody going to deceive me out of eternal life if eternal life means after I die? There's no deception if I'm dead because you can't stop me from getting it if that's what it means. Because if it means I'm going to get it after I die and I'm looking forward to dying and I'm going to get it, you can't deceive me because I'm ready to die when it do come. So that's a lie. Don't let no one cheat you out of your reward and deceive you out of what God gave us, which is eternal life. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and immortality. And these are they who testify of me. You might think in John 5, 39 and 40, you might think you have eternal life. But you won't come that you may have eternal life, huh? Because you don't think you have it. You let some man, some preacher, some pastor, bishop, or preacher, or teacher, or some apostle or prophet prophesize and prophesize over your life and told you that we all have to die. Come on. I wish a joker would come to me. I don't care if you're a pastor, preacher, or teacher, or prophet. Or Tell me what God. I can hear from God. Let God speak to me. Problem we have, we want all them to speak to us. You joker, you got my money out of me and took my money and talking about your head. The Lord told me to let you know. You know what I mean? If you sold $30, you know what I mean? That's my last $30. Man, I was mad. Come on. I had nothing to eat. Believe it with the prophet and the preachers and the pre pastors and bishops. I wish I would see one of them jokers again. Took my money. And I ain't seen that joker since. Going around telling people that foolishness. Knowing they ain't heard from God. 
We're going to tell you tomorrow ain't promised and we all have to die. Joke, I wish I would let you speak in my hearing again. Come on. Now let me calm down a little bit. So my brothers and sisters, if this doesn't mean what it says, we are way off from what God is saying. If you're training up a child to die, I guarantee you that child going to believe that when he get older. What if we start training our child? <laughs> that we can live forever and not die. I know we're living in some rough times and there's a lot of gun violence. There's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of innocent kids, 17, 18, 16, 15, shooting at graduations and shooting in the mall, just shooting in schools, just shooting just to be shooting. People, I think people just shooting like they had a range or something. You know what I mean? Shooting has become a hobby that to people who have guns. Young kids, 13, 14, 15 years old. I'm talking about all nationalities. All I mean, babies are shooting four, five years old. You don't lack of a fool, I wanted to say what I wanted to say, like a fool gonna leave a, a loaded gun under a sofa where a child's sitting there playing all day long. What you expect? Come on, man. Y'all got to be kidding me. So if we train up a child in the way we go, how could they depart from what they've been taught unless they've been taught again? In, in Hebrews chapter 5, it says, though we are teachers, Though you are a teacher, you need to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. The oracles of God and the first principles is found in Genesis 3, 21 and 22. They have become like one of us to know good and evil, to have the knowledge of good and evil. Lest they put their hands out to the tree of eternal life and eat from the tree and live forever again. That is the first principles of the oracle of God. So therefore, if you're still on milk, you are unlearned in the words of righteousness, and in the way of righteousness is eternal life, and there is no death in this path. Proverbs 12, 28. So my brothers and sisters, if you are unlearned in the words of righteousness, you are still on milk, and milk got water in it, and water got milk in it, and the nutrition of the milk can't do you with the meat of the nutrition of the body that it needs. Now the milk can give you the nutrition, but it can't give you the nutrition what meat can. So you need meat with the milk in the water so that the body can develop accordingly. But if you're unskilled in the words of eternal life, you cannot teach somebody about the righteousness of God, which is his eternal glory. They that are teaching need to be taught again. So when I began to start teaching what Christ was teaching me about death, and I found out what death means, that's what I came up with. Death means the act of dying, the end of life, the total and permanent succession of the vital functions of an organism. And a succession means a complete stopping of a living organism. So if death means the inner life, and Christ taught in John 6, 48 through 51, he said, I am the bread of life. If you eat of this bread, not like your fathers and them did, in the end of the secession or the stopping of the living organism of the body that you're in. He said, if you, huh? Not like your father and them ate in the wilderness and the secession or the stopping of your organism are dead. But if you eat of this bread, just living bread that came down, he says you should live forever and not die. So death is the secession of vital functions and organism, meaning that they are actually come to a complete stop of an organism or 
complete discontinuance of a living organism. That's what death means. So now I want to find out what eternal means. And eternal means without beginning or end, lasting forever or always existing. So if eternal means lasting forever and always existing, it can't mean the same thing as death, the succession of something stopping as a living organism. The metaphysics of the word eternal means existing outside all relationships of time. And it's not subject to changes. Say that again. I got to say, meaning that it will exist forever and with no ending. That's what metaphysics means, existing outside all relation of time. And it's not subject to changes, meaning that it will exist forever and ever and without no ending. Come on. And life means the general or universal condition of a human existence. So in essence, and in retrospect, eternal life means living forever, always existing, without the breakage of a person never, never dying in, all, in a human body as a living human being. Let me say that again. I got to slow down. It's so in essence and in retrospect, eternal life means lasting forever, always existing without the breakage of a person never, never dying in a human body as a living human being. Come out. So it can't mean the same thing as the succession, huh, of the vital functions of an organism which is the act of dying, the end of life, the total and permanent succession of the vital function of an organism or means a complete stopping of a living organism or a complete discontinuance of a living organism. It can't mean the same thing. How could you get eternal life after you die? When I just gave you the definition. definition. John 17, 15 says, I pray that you should not take them from out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, which is death. In John 16, let's go there. And I want you to understand that in John 16, it's going to say some things to us. So remember this here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In John 16, he's going to say, if this earthly tent in 2 Corinthians 2, 22, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, huh? if this earthly tent, synagogue, this house, this tabernacle dissolved. We have another house, synagogue, huh? That is built by God, made in the eternals without hands. Remember that. Because I want you to realize if the succession of something is over within the organism and it's discontinuous, it can't mean the same thing as something that's continuous in the eternal. It's the totally opposite. So, my brothers, let's go, huh, to First uh, John chapter fifteen, verse twenty-six and twenty-seven, and we're gonna slide right into John seventeen, John sixteen. Excuse me. 
So in John 15, verse 26, but when the helper or when the promise of our father come, who I shall send to you from the father, this is John 15, 26, the spirit of truth who proceed forth from God, who proceed forth from the father, he will testify of me, even the spirit of truth. Coming back as the promise of our father. And he's going to tell us all things. He's going to teach us all things. And he's going to tell us about the truth of the eternal glory of the father. Because he's the promise of what he's coming back as. Because him and the father is one. And you also will bear witness in John 15, 27. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 27. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The spirit of truth is going to bear witness. Is the spirit of truth bearing witness with you right now? John 16, 1 through 4. These things I have spoken to you. Hey, now we finna get into it. I'm almost at the finalization, my brothers and sisters. And these things I have spoken to you that you and me, that you should not be made to stumble. Uh-oh. We're in John 16, 1. You got to listen to this hymn. That I'm, let me say that again. These things I have spoken to you, that you and I and me, that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue. Yes. You hear me? The time is coming that whoever is teaching you, you whoever is teaching you, we all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. Whoever and whatever spiritual church leader will whoever and whatever bishop and whatever and whoever pastor and whatever and whoever apostle and whatever and whoever prophet and whatever, whoever preacher and pastor and teacher or whatsoever church, religion, denomination, affiliation you are affiliated with, whoever kills you, telling you tomorrow is not promised. We all have to die. They are teaching you that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. We will not be here forever. We only have our loved ones for a little while. These are they who think they are offering God's services. Come on. So they think they're doing the will of God. When the will of God is found in John 6, 39 and 40. And this is the will that my father has willed me. He said that you have eternal life. So they think they're doing the will of God. They think they're doing God a service by taking you from out of the house. Hey, the synagogue, the tabernacle of God. Can't be the same thing. They are taking their off in God's service. When the word speaks in Ezekiel 18, 31, 32, that we get a new heart, that we get a new mind, that we get a new spirit and live and not die. Because why will he die? And God asks the people. Because God has no pleasure in the death of the one who died. Turn and live forever. In John 16, 1 through 4, Christ says to the church, these things I have spoken to you and me that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogue. They will put you out of the house. They will put you out of the tabernacle. They will put you out of the temple. Huh? And I am telling you, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that, they, that he or she is offering up God's a service. That devil is a lie. 
John 3, 16, 3 says, And these things they will do to you because they have not so learned God in Christ. They have not learned the Father, and they have not so learned Christ. Now, in John 17, verse 2 and 3, look what it says. Christ's last prayer, as you have given me authority over all flesh, Daddy, that Christ should give eternal life to as many as you have given me, Father. And this is eternal life. And this is eternal life. This is life eternal, that they may know you, God, the only true God. So now when you go back in John, John 16, 3, look what it says. These things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But when Christ prayed, he says to have eternal life, you have to know the Father and me. So if you're walking around as a spiritual church leader, pastor, preacher, or bishop, and you are teaching people we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised, and you know we all not going to be here forever, you are teaching opposite of what God's prayer was. Take them from not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. And when Christ, when, huh? And when, in essence, and in retrospect, the reason Bishop, Apostle, Pastor, preachers, and teachers are teaching this here, and our parents, they're teaching us all this, we all have to die, and tomorrow's not promised, is because in John 3 16 said, they will, they will do these things to you and me because they have not known the Father, nor me as Christ, the Son of God. And they have not so learned Christ. They think they're doing God a service. Man, this is so powerful, my brothers. In John 2, they say, they will put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he or she is often God. Oh, come on. They're trying to put you out of the house of God. They ain't talking about no synagogue, the place, the church. Matter of fact, oh, let me see if I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. This stuff is heavy, my brothers and sisters. I'm almost at a close, so I might go over a little bit where I've started at, but I'm going to finish this before I get finished. This is the finalization, my brothers. So now let's go to John 1, 16, 1 through 4. And he said that they put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming when, it, when it, whoever kills you, we think that he or she is often of God's service. So what I did, I went and looked up the word synagogue. I wanted to find the Greek word, what synagogue means. The Greek word for synagogue is synagogue. Synagogue means to bring together. and means to play a place of assembly. The Hebrew means of synagogue means, huh, Bethel. Telephila. Better telephila. Better telephila means the house of assembly. So now we got the place of assembly. And now we got the house of assembly. But they think if they put you out the house of assembly, if they think they put you out the house of God, if they think they put you out the tabernacle of God, if they think they take you from out of the temple of God, you are the temple of God, huh? 
In first, in first Corinthians chapter three sixteen, you are the temple of God. You are gonna, you are the body of God. See, the temple and the synagogue and the body and the house is the same thing God wants us to be in and abide in His image and likeness that He created on in the house of His Son. The door, the body that came through the doors that was shut. They think they're doing God a favor when they taking you from out of the house that came through the doors that was shut. Better for, better to better to for, better to for, better to for, better to for, house and better for, house and better for, the house of a, they think they're doing God a service. Come on. Psalms 23, verse 4, verse 6. My brother Lewis said, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Why? Because God didn't give me the spirit of fear in 2 Timothy 1 7. He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but He gave us the, the power of His glory. So if you are in fear, you are in torment. Torment caused the body to break down, the nervous system, to break down the immune system, to break down the torments, huh? The flow of the blood of God. It, tor it, 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 it torments the flow of the blood of Christ. It torments the flow of the blood of Jesus that is in your body. So when fear torments, it reduces the, the vessel for the blood to flow through. So my brothers and sisters, he said that don't I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death when we see all this shooting and this killing going on. He says, though you walk through these areas where airplanes are falling out, rumors of wars and wars and gun violence and all this shooting and killing and this transgender and all these types of stuff going on. He says, although you walk through the shadow of the valley of death, he says, you ain't got no business fearing what you see. Because faith don't come by sight. Hey, we don't walk by sight. Come on. So you prepare, for you are with me. I will feel no evil. You will feel no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of oh my God, in the presence of my hands. You anoint my head with oil and my cup run it over. Let me show you this here, my brothers. We all have a set of enemies that always be with us. So he says, I'm going to, look what he said. I'm going to, what did he say? I'm going to, uh, I'm going to set a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So the enemy is always at the table. You just have to know who your enemy is. If you don't know who your enemy, your enemy can be your pastor. Your enemy can be your bishop. Your enemy can be your church affiliation. And whosoever moved Baptist church, your whosoever moved Catholic church, whosoever moved church of Christ, whosoever moved Jehovah Witness, whosoever moved, whosoever moved. It can be any one of them as in set before you. And you don't even know that you've been set before an enemy and you're letting the enemy anoint your head. God is not anointing your head. That's why your cup is not running over. And I want you to know my brothers and sisters, if your cup ain't running over, maybe you are in front of the enemy, letting the enemy do what God's supposed to be doing. Ah, look what he says. You walk through the valley of the shadow of death. They think they're doing service by putting you out the synagogue. That's in John 16, but this is what Christ was teaching before he got to the last prayer. My brothers, I'm almost done. 
Let me show you some surely goodness. Ah! Surely goodness. Those who are cup is running over. See, you can't wait for the cup to run over. The cup was running over before you got the all. You were waiting for the all for the cup to run over. You have to know you're in the all so the cup can run over. If you're waiting for the all, you're still waiting for the cup. If you ain't in the cup, you don't have no all. But if God says, I got you in the presence of your enemy, I anoint you. See, we are looking for physical all. But God says, I got my spirit. I'm going to pour out on all flesh. That is the all of God that he said. Don't you prophesy, stream dreams, and see that I said my all is not like your all. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. My ways are not like your ways, but my all from my spirit is upon you because I'm pouring out my spirit upon your flesh so that it can be my all. So God is saying to you and God is saying to me, and I will dwell in the house of God forever. That's what we go. That's what God called us for. As the Father has sent me, I send you so that you can dwell in the house of the Lord, to dwell in the house of God forever. I do not pray that you should take them from out of the world, but that you keep them in the house, Father. Keep them in the synagogue. The place of assembly, the place, Father God, the house of God. But I pray that you take them not out of the world. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. All the, not just tomorrow, but the day after, and the day after that day, and the day after that day, 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 the day after that day, 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 day. He said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all of day, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord. I do not pray that you take them from out of the house, Father. I pray that you take them from out of the house. But there are some of you out there. There are some of you pastors and preachers and some of you bishops and teachers out there. There are some of you leaders, spiritual, spiritual leaders out there. There's some of you out there teaching. Tomorrow is not promised. That's a lot of you out there teaching. We all have to die. That's a lot of you out there teaching. We are not going to be here forever. He says, these are those. And these are them who were trying to put you out of the synagogue, put you out of the house. Hey, where you supposed to be dwelling at forever? Huh? And think they're doing God a service. Because they have not so learned Christ. They have not so learned the Father. John 17, 15, I pray that you take them not out of the world. In the conclusion of the final, finalization of the conclusion of the message, the sermonic presentation. Father, I do not pray that you, for these alone. This is in John 17, 21, verse 23. But also for those who will believe in me. Not me, Christ. Let me say this again. Father, I pray. I don't pray for these alone, but also for these or for those who will believe in me. Not me, <laughs> Christ. Through the word. So it actually talking about me through the word of God, through the teaching of Christ. He was talking about me, but I don't want you to think this is about me. It's about Christ in me. 
through my word, through Christ that taught me, huh? Through the spirit of God who taught him as him being my teacher. He says, Father, I pray also for those who will believe in you through Pastor D word, huh? That they all be made one. God glory, as the Father has sent me, that they may be made one. I also send you, huh? Father, or if he says, that they be one as you, Father, or in me as Christ, and I in you as God, that they also may be one with us as the Father and the Son that they have known as the only true God and in the one in whom you sent, who is Christ Jesus. He says that they be one as the Father has sent me. I send you and glory. Huh? That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me. And I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, that I pray that you take them not out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, and that the glory which you have given me, Father, I have given them, that they be one just as we are one, Father God, and them I and them, you and me, he and us, that they may be made perfect in one, and the world may know that you have sent me and loved them as you have loved me. Come on. Y'all got to be kidding me. Oh, righteous father. Take them not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. Take them not out of the house, but keep them from the, the evil one. Oh, righteous father, take them from not out of the synagogue, but keep them from the evil one. And 2 Corinthians 5, 1, if this earthly house, or if this earthly synagogue, or if this earthly tent, or if this earthly tabernacle is dissolved, we have another house, another synagogue, another tent, another tabernacle built by God, made without hands, and the eternal, as he did in Genesis 1.1, Genesis 1.26, and Genesis 1.27 on the sixth day. The body of Jesus, excuse me, the body of the Holy Spirit and the body of Christ from out of the celestial and the terrestrial he made on the sixth day from out of uh, Genesis 1-1. God created the heavens and the earth. Come on. And he poured himself and made a man in a body put his spirit as a male and a female in that body. He took the body as a man and his spirit as himself, as a male and a female, and he inserted it in the two bodies to make the three bodies. And he rested on the seventh day after he completed his work on the sixth day. Father, I finished my work of eternal life because you finished your work of eternal life on the sixth day. Hey, 
I completed the work that you commanded me to teach and say and speak, which is eternal life, on the seventh day. So the full seven days is now in completion of what you created the seventh day earth, the earth, the heaven and the earth in. I finalized the work, Father. I want you to know thank you, Father. In conclusion, as the Father has sent me, I send you the ceremony in the new tomb, the bodies through the doors that were shut, the last prayer of Christ. Take them from not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. He says they think they were doing you a service by putting you out of the synagogue. He says, don't let that, don't let no one cheat you out of your reward. Don't let the pastors and the bishops and the preachers and the teachers and your mama and your daddy and your brothers and your sisters and your loved ones teach you. Train up a child. Unless a, unless a child come to God, huh? As a little child, he cannot enter. He cannot see the kingdom of God unless they're born by the water and the spirit. So God is saying that we are God and we are children of the most high God. Come on. Huh? Psalms 82 verse 6. John 10, 34, 33, 34. And it is written in your scriptures, we are God. Huh? Make us one with our glory. Make us one with you, Father. Come on. Make us one. As the Father has sent me, I'll send you. Make us one, Father, and glorify us as you have glorified us from the beginning. We are continuing the work that you call us to do as you have called us to do this work, God. Come on. As the Father has sent me, my brothers and sisters, I send you through the doors that were shut. And the body that was created on the sixth day out of God in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And the fullness of the Godhead. I was sending the promise of my father upon you. This is the body he's talking about that came through the doors that were shut. As the father has sent. And he breathed the Holy Spirit of God upon them. My brothers and sisters, this is so heavy. I pray that this message changed the way you think, the way you believe, and I pray that you don't be offensive by hearing what I'm saying because I'm just getting down with it. So if I'm saying something that's kind of get under your skin, let it get under your skin and let God get under your skin and clean what's under your skin so it can be God. So Because I'm speaking from the Spirit of God. I ain't holding back no punches, my brothers. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. As the, Father, as the Father has sent me, I send you in the finalization of what, prior, what the Spirit of God told me to do. So my brothers, we're going to continue in the promise of our Father podcast, continue to follow us, and we're going to continue going where God is leading us. Hey, and he says, where we go, our cup going to run it over. He's in our steps. And I pray that you get in, the, in line so that God can order your steps as well. My brothers, I love you and I thank you. All the pastors, preachers, and bishops out there, I love you, my brothers. You may be, may not want to listen to what I'm saying to you, and you may not even want to hear what I'm saying, but I love you.
And I pray that this word changes what you believe in and stop teaching what you believe in and change. Because God says there's a new remnant in the earth. There's a remnant of people that he's looking for. Are you one of those people or person that is going to change the way you think? I thought like you think, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel anymore. I was ashamed to say that we can live forever. I was ashamed to say that I don't have to die. I was ashamed, but I was a, I was a part of those conversations like it was drinking water. When we talk about, yeah, man, you know, tomorrow ain't promised. We all have to die. And I don't know when my number going to come, but you know how that go, you know. I hope I can just go just fall in the sleep where I'll just be. You know, we got all these crazy sayings. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we got all these crazy sayings. And forget we just said that out of the scriptures. But I want you to know I love you, my brothers and sisters. And this message, I pray that it does something for you as it did for me. I thank God forever. For you, my brothers and sisters, because we're going to come with some more thunder and some more power of the word of God. This ain't the end of it. It's just the completion of what we are doing right now, Father God. It's just the conclusion of what we are doing, but it's not the completion of where we are going. And I ask you to stay tuned for more to come in series three. This is the completion of series two. Go back to series one, because this is where this all ended up or started from. And now we are there in series two, 218. We thank you, Father. We love you for blessing us once again. Father, I pray that the words of the eternal life be manifested in your people. And that your people receive what you are speaking, God. And I pray that they, I come across with clarity. I may have messed up a few words, a few syllables, and even said them a few, few incorrect ways. But God, you know what the word of eternal life means to you. So I ask that you touch every individual that is going to hear this message in the name of Christ Jesus. Bless them in their life forever. Change the way they speak, the way they walk, the way they see you, God, forever in Christ Jesus' name. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live. My brothers and sisters, like I said in the intro of the message, you can catch us on Spotify. This message is going to go on Spotify. This message is going to go on Podbean. This message is going to go on every kind of, which, uh, every every entity. We can put it on Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast. You just put in the promise of our Father. Share these podcasts with your friends. You can send it from off your phone. You can send it any type of way you want it to your loved ones and to your friends. Because these messages are powerful and God is doing such a an awesome thing in the words of eternal life. I want to thank you for, for your support in advance. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for following because we got a lot more to go, my brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. I got a book online through the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, through the Spiritual Cuts Leaders. As we chopped it up, God gave me something to put together and it all ties into these messages of eternal life. So go and purchase that books of uh, Barnes & Noble, Books of Million, and uh, Amazon.com. My brothers and sisters, it, it, uh, it ain't about the the price of the book, the book doesn't cost that much, but I would invest in it to invest in my spirit or invest in my growth, my spiritual growth in God. It's one of the most powerful books out there, I guarantee you. So my brothers and sisters, I love you because God first loved us. And I thank you, my brothers and sisters, and I pray that you continue to pray for me and my family and pray for the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. May God continue to bless you and your family forever. You can reach us at 678 764 
1614. Or you can text us or email us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever.